This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Wednesday, June 24th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Ryan Wink and Tony Sanfilippo. How are you guys doing today? Good morning, guys. I am doing better than yesterday. I feel like all of us got a little more sleep and we're feeling more rested, a little sharper, and uh, looking forward to a great show today. Yeah, good morning, fellas. Uh, I've got I got one hour extra sleep, so um, but did freshly showered, so I'm up and awake, so uh, ready for a fun Wednesday. I think the wacky day was yesterday, and uh, today's show is gonna be a fun one. I think it'll be wacky in a different sense, a less uh, insomniac-driven uh, wackiness. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> All right, so uh, kicking things off, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Now, I know, Ryan and Tony, you guys are upstanding citizens, you're respectful, you're kind, but if you were lesser people and you were warring with your neighbor, what tactics might you take to uh, just annoy the hell out of them? Ooh, that's a a good one. Well, uh... I would light the poop in in a paper bag on fire on their Porsche uh, out of the old uh, what is that Billy, Billy Madison, Madison. Play, playbook? I actually did. <laughs> oh, he's calling the stuff poop. <laughs> <laughs> I did that in high school and uh, had a cop come to my house and give me about like an hour lecture um, about how irresponsible that is. But I, I think maybe just playing loud music. I think loud music that's a good one. Um, you know, let's just blow them out with the tunes. Okay. All right. Tony, what about you? I was also going to say the uh, poop on the doorstep or the uh, – <laughs> I'm trying to think of things we did as kids, like like when you didn't get along with the neighbor. It was uh, – I think we had the egg wars one time. That didn't go good with the parents. Uh, <laughs> egg each other's houses. Uh, doorbell ditch. But uh, I think as an adult now – um. I, it'd have to be like living in a townhome. It'd have to just be like the loud music or the, uh, you know, if I get a dance partner to compete with the rhinos, you know, <laughs> get, get in that smashing game of fun, you know, maybe maybe one up that. But uh, otherwise, I'd have to say just if I had to be an indecent neighbor, it would just be loud and obnoxious. 
Okay. Music. What what about could we play Cotton Eye Joe on repeat? <laughs> oh, day day after yes. day after day. Wait up, it got Joe. <laughs> I would just crank uh, Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone all day. Just loop <laughs> loop it. No again. <laughs> and no. then like come out like dress like Maverick. Oh, that could be Thumbs a good up. one. Your worst playlist. <laughs> yeah, we, we can come up with your worst playlist. No, knowing you, Tony, I'm surprised you didn't say pee on something. <laughs> oh no, not 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 in this state and age, man. After that uh, incident down in Inglewood, before that Skid Row show, uh uh-uh. uh, that don't happen unless it's the woods anymore. <laughs> Well, the reason I ask, and we normally don't go political, but I think we can all agree that North Korea is uh, pretty much the scum of the earth. So the propaganda war between North and South Korea is heating up with the installation of some 20 high-powered loudspeakers along the disputed border. So you guys hit the nail on the head. North Korea has uh, once had as many as 40 speakers along the border broadcasting anti-Seoul propaganda night and day but they were taken down after the first summit between president moon jae-in and north korean leader kim jong-un in april 2018 this new move follows the announcement that the pyongyang government was preparing 3,000 balloons to carry the leaflets uh, across the border along with cigarette butts human hair and other rubbish not sure why that would make any difference uh the leaflets criticized president moon for dining on luxury dishes at a pyongyang summit before failing to deliver on promises he supposedly made so uh again you guys hit the nail on the head as far as you know putting up speakers uh, as loud as you can in this case it sounds like it was just propaganda but if it was me personally i would uh play yoko ono's greatest hits (laughs) At full volume, all day, all night. That would be enough to make uh, me surrender to just about anything. I was thinking maybe Ryan would play uh, Nickelback, but just stick with, like, just on loop all day. <laughs> Stop! Throw the human hair and cigarette butts for the love of God! For the love of God, Chad Kroger. <laughs> now, real quick, is Kim Jong-un, did, they, did he ever... Come back? Is nobody, he alive? Nobody's seen him, and the word is that his sister is running things right now. So, you know, maybe they've weakened it, burnied him, and uh, said that he's still pulling the strings, but uh, who knows? Yeah. Speaking of spring, uh, strings and Kim Jong, uh, you know, I hope, like, when they do show him again, they just show clips of Team America. Hey, Hans. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, can't f- say a lot of his other lines. Yeah. Not yeah. radio appropriate. So. Exactly. <laughs> well, folks, let's talk about today's show. It is a Wednesday. Hump day! Yeah! And we do have a good show lined up for you. We have Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. We have a segment I've named Act Your Age. Our call-in topic is your ridiculous phobias. Things that you're scared of that other people might just find silly. Uh, We have This Day in History, and when we come back, Tony is going to be taking us through the entertainment news and celebrity birthdays. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now, back to the show. 
And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Wednesday, June 24th. We have a little thing called the Phoenix Line. It's a a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys, the listeners, an opportunity to reach out, voice your opinions, let us know if we've been wrong, chime in on a subject that we've been talking about. Again, it is a voicemail, so you don't even have to speak with a live person. That number is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. Keep it entertaining. We'll compile all those together and put them out in a future show. Now, it is the second segment of the show, and as we do each and every day, Tony's here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. Wednesday, June 24th. Movies are back. So who's stopping the box office? A little rascal is arrested for maybe reels a queen story still because there's only one way to rock. Drive-ins made for movies, music, baby making, and being scared. And if if time allows, oh no, Charlie, and this day in entertainment. This is the news. So the first news is obviously movie theaters are starting to open back up and let everybody in. So what are they showing in the meantime? A lot of theaters have been showing classic movies. So 2020 has been a crazy year so far. So it should no, it should come as no surprise that a film released 27 years ago actually topped the box office over the weekend. Any guesses of what the number one movie Let's this see, weekend in the box 27 office? 27 years ago, that would be 90. It'd be 93. Okay. What came out in 93? Uh, Jurassic Park. Bingo! Jurassic Park. Clever girl. Clever girl. Was number one at the box office for the fourth time in its release history this past weekend. Most of the business was driven by drive ins and other hard top theaters that have chosen to reopen. Jurassic Park grossed. $517,000 at 230 sites, dethroning last week's champ, The Invisible Man. Didn't know that that was the champ last week. (laughs) This is an all-win-win for Universal Pictures since the studio is behind both the films. The reason they had a reason to celebrate another classic catalog title as Jaws landed in second place of all movies. Jaws was number two. Spielberg is stoked. Yeah, he is. (laughs) Another one. That landed 516,300. You can tell that these catalog titles are enticing to some moviegoers because the grosses for Jurassic Park and Jaws were an improvement over last week's numbers uh, for The Invisible Man and Trolls World Tour, grossing 383,000 and 275,000, respectively. So, you know, it's all... It's all awesome to see that theaters are starting to come back. We know uh, Tim Nidell, friend of the show, um, saw Back to the Future in his local theater. They and Indiana Jones and the uh, Last Crusade as well. Yeah. They yeah. haven't opened the ones here in Fort Collins yet, so I can't report locally on that. But, yeah. uh, you know, giving it entertainment news, this is pretty damn cool. What, yeah. what do you and, guys want to see back in well, the theaters? Well, and those are two flicks I would love to see on big screen. You know, I remember I went to the premiere of Jurassic Park back in the day. Um, but Jaws came out way before my time, so I would love to see that movie on the big screen. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah, and here in Reno, the two big theater chains, so uh, Cinemark and Galaxy, they won't open until mid-July. And so hopefully they'll have some classic movies that we can go back and rewatch. but uh, at this point have no idea. Yeah, it's uh, hopefully we'll be having these conversations uh, within the next week or so. Um, 
<clears throat> I'll have more information. I know we're going to cover this topic on uh, the pop culture Kaboom radio show I do on Sundays. So just that little segment. That's maybe, one of the things. Maybe another good one. Maybe something like Predator, a good old oh, school action. Oh, like, yeah. Aliens. Screen. Yeah. Aliens. I think you like, take any of those big action T2. flicks we grew up with. Absolutely. Oh, T2? Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw that yeah. one as a little kid at the original $1.50 theater, the one that was <laughs> the by Scalaris. It was like oh, in that little it. weird run. Yeah. I know that, it. That was a weird theater. It no longer <laughs> exists. Um, so, uh, moving on to the next news, which is not movie entertainment, but it was it was kind of a slow news day, so we kind of dug from the trenches. So, a little rascal was arrested. Poor little Alpha Alpha. Alpha you Alpha? Are so criminal to me. <laughs> Did, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you just call him Alpha Alpha? Alpha Alpha. <laughs> it's al- Alpha. Did he say- it's Alpha Alpha. Alpha Alpha. Alpha Alpha. Alpha Alpha. Right? That's what it is. Alpha Alpha. Yeah. I got I got a Filippo something because his name's it. his name's like really easy in real life. His name's Bug Hall. Can't butcher that. <laughs> nope. Anywho, he had the lead role. He was a one-hit wonder in movies, wasn't he? Yep. He had one role in the '90s Little Rascal movies. Now, why do you think that this young man? Well, he looks a little old and rough in this picture, but how? What do you guys think he uh, did to get arrested? Meth. Meth. All right, that's good. We both you, said meth. Did you even you'd be close. Said? You're close. He was huffing air cans. Ooh. He was called huffing. Super dangerous and apparently criminal where he is, too. So, yeah, he was arrested for a misdemeanor for possession, for use to inhale and ingest a, vol- a volatile chemical. And Bug did not put up a fight. Please tell me that uh, he had the mugshot, you know, when the guys huff uh, a spray paint and their mouth is covered in, like, gold or silver? No, I, I, I'm i going to flip it, and we'll see if you can see. It, it's yeah. not. Uh, it is not that cool. No. Yeah, it's a he little does, disappointing, yeah. He just he looks look, like he got caught peeing, in uh, like, in public or something. He, he also <laughs> looks like he knows the, the photo is going to be spread widespread on uh social media and, <laughs> yeah. and the internet he is, he is not impressing darla or the he-man woman <laughs> haters club with that <laughs> okay so that was a fun one so still stretching through the realms of not a lot of good entertainment news but uh the band queen i was gonna get to it yesterday and i totally zipped by it uh queen is gonna be honored with royal mail stamps so if you're into collecting stamps Britain's Royal Mail has announced it's issuing a set of 13 special stamps to celebrate one of UK's most influential rock groups of all time, Queen. With more than 300 million record sales across five decades, they are one of the most successful artists of all time. And they copied Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby for Under Pressure. Jeez. I know. How dare they? How, how <laughs> dare they? So um, they're going to, it's going to be different album covers of all their uh, greatest hits. So. Um, if you're a Queen fan, that's something to look forward to, as well as if you collect stamps. So as we all do, in, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've got a total massive stamp collection. Do you remember, like back in the uh, was the '90s? Did your parents collect the Elvis stamp? Like that was a big no. thing. No, 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 no. Maybe that was just my mom. <laughs> she she had that Elvis stamp, and it was like one pose. It was just him with his little was was it. Oh. 
fat Elvis or was it skinny Elvis? No, no, it was like skinny Elvis. Okay. It was like animated and it had a pink background. Okay. I always, so. I just imagined tweezers, the smell of mothballs, a magnifying glass. Yeah. Camp <laughs> like a... is worth a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So, moving on, but still staying in the realm of music, one of my favorite rockers, Sammy Hagar, has announced that he vows to play concerts regardless of coronavirus. <laughs> if some of us have to sacrifice on that, okay. That's kind of what the headline is, so it makes it kind of sound bad, like if you go to a show and sacrifice. But uh, in an interview with Rolling Stone, um, they spoke to 14 different artists dealing with the pandemic, and uh, Sammy didn't hold back. He said... I'll be comfortable playing a show before there's a vaccine. If it's declining and seeming it's going to be going away, I'm going to make a radical statement here. This is hard to say without stirring somebody up, but truthfully, I'd rather personally get sick and even die if that's what it takes to entertain the fans. Uh, He went on to say that he's willing to pay the ultimate price to save the economy as well. I would rather see everyone go back to work if some of us have to sacrifice on that than okay, I will die for my children and grandchildren to have a life anywhere close to the life that I had in this wonderful country. That's just the way I feel about it. He concluded, B, but there may be a time where we have to sacrifice. I mean, how many people die on Earth every day? I have no idea. I'm really sorry to say it, but we all got to die, man. So let's rock. Okay, Sammy. All right. It's funny. Uh, the other day we had uh, Amazon Music on, and a uh, Van Halen song comes on, and there's a picture of Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. Corbin walks up and says, uh, "Is that the lead singer?" That was a hard explanation to tell him. Uh, <laughs> Difficult. You're like, yeah. what? Now, was it an actual? Was it a David Lee Roth era? Or it, was well, it a Hagar. The song was "Jump," but the picture was Hagar, and so trying to explain that was uh, difficult. And he he knows the yeah. song from Ready Player One, so he loves the song, but. Again, trying to explain how everything happened with Van yeah. Halen. Uh, it, it took a little while. You're like, see, in this band, this lead singer was a real D-bag. So he left the band, and they brought this really cool guy in, and he changed the dynamics. So there's two Van Halens. <laughs> there's technically three, because they brought in, uh, oh, what's his name, from Extreme? Gary Gary Sharon. Gary yeah, yep. we forget mm-hmm. about that one. Yep. Um, so sticking in, I got, what, a minute left? You got a minute this, and a so, half. Uh, Yep. Minute and a half. So this is kind of a tie-in for two. Uh, drive-in. Drive-ins. They're booming right now, right? They're showing movies. Um, so drive-in concerts are here. Um, Tuesday, it was announced that the next month, Brad Paisley, Darius Ruckled. Ruckled? Ruckled. Yeah, there I flip <laughs> it was Rucker and John Perardi. The three-day uh, night nine show will take place. And Garth Brooks, ridiculous. Just the amount of how this sold out. Like the girls at my work. They all booked for this uh, Garth Brooks thing, and it sold out. It's not even playing in Fort Collins. They have to go to Cheyenne to see this Garth Brooks concert on the drive-in. But it's crazy that it's drawing so much people to want to do that. So I think that's pretty cool. But it seems like a lot of artists are doing that. And in Japan, they are actually opening up a haunted drive-in where you go see scary movies and then people will come up to your car and scare the living crap out of you I while you're watching a movie. I love that they're idea. Dressed, they're dressed up to the nines, too. In this article, people are literally makeup up to be like dead bodies, kind of like in the vein of uh, Silent Hill and uh, The Ring and The Grudge. So people are dressed up like that, just creeping by your car while you're watching a scary movie. So drive-ins, totally cool. 
And that's it for your entertainment news because I stretched it out enough where we don't have to go to the filler. <laughs> Not a problem. That's the Filippo report. Let's hit up those celebrity birthdays. All right, birthday kids today. Mindy Kaling from The Office is 40. She didn't look 40, but she is. Tommy Lister, who played Debo in Fridays, and he was also Zeus in a horrible Hulk Hogan movie called No Holds Bar, is 61. Uh, Mick Fleetwood, the drummer for Fleetwood Mac, is 72. Jeff Beck, guitarist, is 75. And that is it for... Your celebrity birthdays today. Real quick and easy today, folks. Very quick and easy. Well, folks, when we come back, uh, we have Animal Tales sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Wednesday, June 24th. We are all over social media with many of you watching us on Facebook Live and YouTube Live as we speak. We're also rebroadcast every night on the AUN TV network. 15 stations across Northern California and Northern Nevada. Now, if you want to get a hold of us on social media, you can uh, reach me at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram at Christian Phoenix. Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.SanFilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four or on Instagram at Tony.SanFilippo81. And Ryan's available at Facebook.com forward slash Ryan.Wink, or on Instagram at NamesWink. Now it is Wednesday, and our recurring Wednesday segment is sponsored by RoughRiders.org, a local dog rescue nonprofit dedicated to the transport of dogs that are on death row and finding them homes and giving them better situations. If you want to learn more, head over to roughriders.org or facebook.com forward slash roughridersaves. That segment is Animal Tales. Dogs and the cats, they take up the middle where the honeybee hums and the cricket fiddles, the donkey prays and the bony neighs, the old great badger sighs. Listen to the bass, it's the one on the bottom where the bullfrog croaks and the hippopotamus moans and groans with the big to-do and the old cow just goes moo. I don't know what it is, but that song always makes me chuckle. That's a good tune right there. <laughs> it's because the cow goes moo. <laughs> I like I like and the hippopotamus. <laughs> it reminds me of the, I don't know if you guys had them as kids, but you would pull the string and the little uh, dial would go around and it would land and be like the cow goes yeah that little i i had one of those we had sticks as children (laughs) (laughs) stick (laughs) sticks and hoops (laughs) all right Uh, well let's get into our first story this is a headline that is worthy of a ryan pun second mass monkey escape has local residents going bananas Boy, <laughs> was was that was that like a pre-pun? <laughs> it was a little bit of a pre-pun. No, going bananas. <laughs> that's an that's an appealing story. Oh, there we go. First one of the day. Woo! All right. This article will test my reading ability. Managers at the Takagoyama Shizen 
Dobutsen Zoo in Futsu, located Wait, about... Woogie, woogie, there, was, woogly, woogly, doogly, woogly. there was no way to not San Filippo that. No. Yeah. Located about 40 miles southeast of Tokyo, aren't having much fun lately. Their resident troop of Japanese macaws, or macaques, because um, macaws the bird. We covered that in an earlier one. On the other hand, uh, are having a ball. One might say they're having more fun than a bar okay they're just trying to make a joke in here that's not funny all right <laughs> while native to japan these macaques are not native to zoos and given the opportunity they'll make a break for the hills dales and hot springs quicker than you can peel a banana unfortunately for the aforementioned zoo managers that opportunity has presented itself for the second time in a mere seven months and the monkeys acted accordingly we're not taking a couple of uh, stray apes here, mind you. Approximately 70 of the pink-faced primates cut and run after someone sliced open the wall of their wire mesh enclosure with metal shears. No suspects have been apprehended, and as far as the monkeys go, they ain't talking. Wow, that is a very clumsily written article. But uh, in any case, monkeys are escaping the zoo, so everybody, go bananas. Well, and they, you know, they escaped to the... The hot springs. I've seen the videos of the of those macaques, and and apparently that zoo is very dry. Um, Macactus that I have in the uh, living room is from that region. Which is macactus? That was a very long setup for a uh, poor delivery for a slightly underwhelming pun. <laughs> We'll just go bananas with it then. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Tony, this one's from your neck of the woods. A dog in Colorado has been helping its owner's neighbor get through self-isolation by delivering food supplies to her home. Renee Hellman has underlying respiratory issues and has been advised to quarantine herself completely due to the coronavirus outbreak, making her unable to go food shopping. In a bid to support Miss Hellman, her neighbor of 10 years, Karen Evelf, enlisted the help of her golden retriever, Sonny, to ensure she has everything she needs. Quote, she got the list, she gave it to Sonny, Sonny brought it to me. I went to the store, got her groceries, and he delivered them all to her. Miss Hellman has said the visits from Sonny have not only helped her immensely, not just from a practical perspective, but from a companionship one, too, given that she is home alone. She said, it's been fun. It's been a real treat. And uh, I know that if it was my dog, they wouldn't be delivering anything. They'd be chasing rabbits and quails, and uh, it would be a while before I see them again. Eating the groceries. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Watch my dog, Shunny. He will deliver your groceries. He's an Instacart dog, don't you know? We (laughs) shop at Costco. We go down line, register one, then we go deliver to the people. That's Sonny. He's a little retriever. What What would be very impressive if Sonny was the one doing the grocery shopping? That would step it up. Yeah. That yeah. would That's definitely. I... You were saying. I no? always want. I was always wondering too. Like I always, I always crack jokes in my head. Like a lot of the people with the fake service dogs at work. I'm like, what's that dog gonna do? Is that dog shopping for you? Oh, Sonny, help me find all oh, the Kirkland toilet paper. Guard me, Sonny! <laughs> they are emotional support dogs that are there to help comfort them when there's no toilet paper available. That's why they're there. <laughs> what do you mean? 
<laughs> Actually, that's Clorox wipes. That's the pandemic now. There are no Clorox wipes. Oh, trust me. I went the other day. Um, luckily, Oof. you know, Tony, you work at Costco, and so you gave me a little heads up on when they were being delivered. Went and picked up Clorox wipes. On my way up to the register, had five people stop me. Oh, my God, where'd you get those? Where are they? Where are they? Just freaking out. Oh, yeah. It's like gold. So if you guys are listening, go buy some Clorox wipes when you can, if you're lucky enough. <laughs> All right, let's move on. This next one, the author asks, are pets binge TV watchers? The thought, <laughs> the thought occurred to me that um, my Conyer needs round-the-clock company. I think Conyer's a bird. So when we leave him alone, we usually keep the TV on. I've tried a number of channels that will interest him, but the one that works the best is the music channels. This has also provided me with the opportunity to teach him to say the word music to see if he can begin to make the association. This works with other words we have taught him. For instance, if he hears the words what's up or good night, he will begin to repeat them because they are already in his vocabulary. So I thought I'd conduct a little more research to learn whether or not pets in general are binge watchers. In general, all birds are interested in different sounds and noises, so it makes sense that leaving the television on will help to keep them happy, occupied, and engaged. It works sort of like a human surrogate when they can't be around 24-7. Uh, Cal Hagen says you can even log the types of music that your bird responds to most or check out some of the popular songs about birds to make a custom playlist. Now, dogs react to the same things they are attracted to in the TV room. Uh, this would include barking, squeaky toys, or the common commands of sit, roll over, etc. In a study published in Animal Cognition in 2013, several canines were observed to see if they could select the face of another dog, regardless of breed, on a computer screen instead of another animal or person. And I have to say that uh, our dog Tahoe is absolutely a TV watcher. He loves westerns. Anytime there's horses, uh, other dogs, he will intently watch. And there's even been times where, like, a horse has trotted off screen, and he's tried to chase it around where he would think it would have gone, but uh, it's certainly not there. Or have you ever seen the goldfish kind of screensaver with the cats? <laughs> and they freak, they freak yeah. out on the screen? Or they start pawing at it? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, they, they yeah. start pawing at it. I have, yeah. It's it's interesting that uh, you know we TV is entertaining for us, but to know that it's entertaining for our pets as well. Hey, there might be something yeah, there. Um, unless Nickelback comes on the music channel, that <laughs> parrot will. Chad <laughs> Kroger. <laughs> uh, well, may, maybe that uh, photograph Ryan hates. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that parrot is a big fan of uh, the, how you remind me. I was trying. Well, to I don't like. Then I don't like that parrot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, don't like you, little parrot. Oh, you go back. It's an ex parrot for all of our Monty Python fans. In any case, folks, that does it for another installment of Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. When we come back, we have a segment titled "Act Your Age." It uh, is a little self-explanatory when you know uh, what it's actually about. So uh, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. 
visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Wednesday, June 24th. Now if you missed a portion of the show or want to catch up on any of the previous shows, easy enough to do so, head over to americamatters.us. Click on the shows and podcast link. Scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. You can get audio and video there as well. Or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, so many more. While you're there, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends, as always, sharing is caring. Now, in this next segment uh, came up when uh, Jesse and I are, are watching TV occasionally, People will come on the screen and, uh, you know, they say, oh, I'm 38, I'm 39, 40, whatever it is. And we always ask ourselves, you know, at 38, 39, you know, do we look like that? Do we look that age? You know, do we look older? Do we look younger? Whatever it may be. And it's no surprise that uh, Hollywood will take some liberties every once in a while in the portrayal of uh, actors and their ages uh, of what they're supposed to be playing, at least in the movie. So wanted to uh, cover that a little bit in a segment I titled Act Your Age. So uh, first up is a movie that I'm sure everybody's seen. Uh, the Harry Potter films, of course, they're all supposed to be middle to high school age. Well, Shirley Henderson, who played Moaning Myrtle in the Harry Potter films, you remember she was the ghost in the bathroom, was actually 37 when she appeared in the second film. She was nearly really? 40 playing a middle school, high school ghost. I mean, good on her for getting away with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't have had her at 37, you know. Well, yeah, definitely not. Well, and I have to say, it's always better to look younger than your age than to look older than your age, because uh, by the time you are older, it, right. uh, it takes a toll. Here's it, one. Was rough. it was rough growing up, you know, always looking younger, but yeah, well, well, later it... As we all know, you are 25, so. I'm 25. 25. And I, I look exactly my age right now. <laughs> Weren't we talking about that with that kid from the Sandlot? Like uh, Billy Gale, Galewood said he's like he's still, you know, he looks exactly the same, just in a grown body. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but his face is still that same guy, Porter. <laughs> now, here's somebody who was older but looked younger no was younger but looked older uh lawrence fishburne was only 14 when he played a soldier in apocalypse now wow yeah i did not know that i want to google a picture of him he was barely past puberty wow when he was playing a soldier or if you're me two years away from puberty <laughs> <laughs> The funny thing is, in this picture, uh, he had no gap in his teeth at that point, so he was probably still growing, and his teeth were uh, slowly working their way apart. That's crazy. Fourteen years old. I'm gonna look. I'm looking up a picture. <laughs> well, while he looks young, he looks young. He does. Uh, while you're doing that, uh, Audrey Hepburn was 32 when she played an 18-year-old in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Nearly double her age. Wow. Good honor. Yeah. I say, if you can pull it off, who didn't pull it off was Dawson in uh, Dawson's Creek. Yeah. That was, a, it was so ridiculous. This man looked like a real grown man. They're like, happy 15th birthday, Dawson. <laughs> I was but like, Dawson. Maybe plus 15. or minus 10 years. Yeah, I was 15 and, and not buying that. I was like, no, sir. Scientifically possible. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, for Greece fans, Olivia, Olivia, Olivia Newton-John was 28 when she was playing a 17-year-old Sandy. Again, almost nearly double her age. How old was Travolta? I think he was a little bit older, too, because he had already done um, Saturday Night Fever at that point, right? Okay. All right. Oh. Well, you know those you know those kids in high school that look real grown. Yeah, that was me. oh that was you. That was me. Did yeah. You, did you have a full beard in like eighth grade? Pretty much. Wow. I had a goatee Man. all through high school when a goatee was still cool. <laughs> hey, don't knock it till you try it. So I could grow. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, get ready to bust out your English accents. Jack Gleason, who played King Joffrey, was 25 when he portrayed the 17-year-old king. Well, Joffrey, this what your heads are going to roll. I was only 18, yes, I was. I was 25, sorry. <laughs> Joffrey, that kid, he looked young. He yeah, did. he looked really young. Which means when he was in Batman Begins, he would have had to have been like twenty, playing a like a ten-year-old kid. Yeah, yeah, because he looked what? about the same. Yeah, I thought he was young. Well played, Joffrey. Well and, played. And and apparently he gets, or you know, I think during the uh, the Game of Thrones when it was really just coming out, he was getting a lot of hate in public because this. I mean, his character. I don't. I don't know that I've ever seen a, a character that I hate more than Joffrey. Well, and yeah. you, you know you've done a good job acting when people legitimately hate you in real life for a character right. you're portraying. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah you, it's, it's definitely a testament to his acting because I really like this look. Looking at his face, I was like, I hate. You <laughs> right, and yet, and the thing is, is he did so good too. Like no one else will see him as anything but Joffrey. Oh yeah, no, he's, Joffrey, he's Joffrey for forever. life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's Joffrey. He's been months, <laughs> and that's that's not a good thing because uh, that character had no redeeming qualities. Zero. I Nothing. only redeeming moment was spoiler alert <laughs> when he died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Um. I hope he enjoys the convention scene because that's where he's going to be making his money for the next foreseeable future. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Here's an actor we talked about earlier in a role that you just went back and watched, Ryan. Keanu Reeves played a 17-year-old in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure when he was the age of 25. Whoa! <laughs> I was kind of looking. Yeah, I was kind of looking at him. I just watched that yesterday, and I was... I was like, he kind of, he looks a little older than these other kids, you know, but he like, and he was just so oh Yeah. Oh, uh, just like everything was so like dumb that like, you kind of believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa, Bill. Huh. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, here's one of Ryan's favorite movies. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Tim Nidell's favorite movies. I was trying to remember who mentioned it. Alan Ruck was 30 when he played 18-year-old Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Whoa. How old? He was 30. Again, nearly double the yeah. age he was playing. Like, he definitely fit the uh, bill for the high schoolers, like, back then. You ever look back and it's like... 
we, I feel like we all look pretty much our age. Like I don't feel like our classes have changed much in looks, mm -hmm. but, but like you look at like the senior classes that come out now and you're like, man, they're like little kids. Oh, right. Like, they're yeah. small. And then when you look at like your parents' generation and others, you're like, yeah, they look like adults. Like that's, that's how you look when you get out of there. But, uh, Cameron just, Alex, yeah, he, he looked old, but he looked like a high school old. What's his name? Yeah. Alan Ruck. Alan Ruck. Alan Ruck. Yeah, I mean, you throw some high school clothes on them, a rucksack. <laughs> a rucksack. <laughs> oh, uh, all right, Tony. Stuff, need you to bust out your Doc Brown. Go ahead and hit it. Maury, we got to do a segment. <laughs> Great Scott. <laughs> yes, Marty McFly and Michael J. Fox was 29 in Back to the Future when he played a 17-year-old. Damn. One? 29 years old. And Back yeah. to the Future 1? Well, it You're doesn't in? say. I would assume probably Back to the Future 3. Um, mm. But right. still, even Back to the Future 1, he would have been in his mid-20s. Great yeah. Scott. Hit it. Great Scott, Marty. <laughs> All right, here's one. Jennifer Gray was 27 in Dirty Dancing, playing a baby who was a 17-year-old. Oddly enough, her nose uh, was 17. Oh, no, 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 she didn't have her new nose by then. But, uh, yeah. yeah, her nose is significantly that's, younger than she is. I, I like I like her new nose, but it makes her look completely different, though. Oh, like, totally. It doesn't even, look like this, doesn't even look like the same person. Nope, not at all. <laughs> oh man plastic surgery fails that's a that's a real thing yeah yeah lil kim meg ryan even mindy kaling who you mentioned she's yeah. done some work and i'm like you didn't need it no yeah. like no, you didn't no. need it mickey meg Rourke. Are, oh uh, yeah because i was gonna say you mentioned meg ryan you're right she was actually you know from the 80s movies and 90s she was a good looking lady Super not no more, not no more, man. She looked rough now. No, it's no. just strange. It's just I feel like they all kind of start to look the same. Yeah, and yeah. it's kind of like a human cat hybrid. The, yeah, to me they look like Muppets. Like you remember the bassist for the uh, the Muppet band, the woman. Uh, oh, was her name Sunny? It's like something like that. Yeah, like Courtney Cox looks like that to me. Yeah, she, oh, she, did yeah. she? Has she gone? Courtney far? Cox oh, yeah. has gone too far. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. I'm looking at the bassist right now. No, <laughs> yeah. the worst is the worst is Lil Kim though. Lil Kim has oh. actually absolutely destroyed herself with plastic surgery. Oof. It's super sad. Yeah. Like I look at it. Look at a picture of 2020. Look it up. And, yeah, I'm uh, looking now. It, I got. It this. does not look. It's not the same person. <laughs> All right, moving on with uh, actors. Uh, famous Renaissance painter Leonardo DiCaprio was actually 28 in Catch Me as You Can, playing Frank Abigail Jr. Uh, at age 16. Whoa. Oh, I, yeah, I, that kid, that guy, he's looked young forever, though. He's still. I mean, he's obviously he looks a little more distinguished mm -hmm. now, but he looked young forever. Totally, totally. Well, folks, we are headed into our long break. Stick with us when we come back. We have our call-in topic where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners, about your ridiculous phobias, those things that scare you that other people find maybe just a little silly. So uh, stay tuned. About seven minutes. We'll be back.
Wrap it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Radio show. It is a Wednesday, June 24th. Hopefully you enjoyed your long break, had a chance to go to the bathroom, listen to a little bit of news, and are back with us having a good time on this uh, hump day, this Wednesday. Still here with my co-hosts, Tony Sanfilippo and Ryan Wink. How are you guys holding up? Oh, good. I was just, you know, digging through celeb plastic surgery fails during the break, and uh, yeah. That was fun. That's a rabbit hole that uh, you could go down for hours. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing uh, how everyone's so obsessed with that, realizing, I mean, you look back at, like, Joan Rivers and Michael Jackson to just get a clear image of what not to do with that. Yeah. Donatella Versace. Ooh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but that's a subject for another day. We are to the interactive portion of the show. This is where we want you guys, the listeners and viewers, to call in on the subject we're about to propose. That number, 844-790-TALK. That is 844-790-8255 from anywhere in the world, toll-free, even if you are a macaque out in Japan in an area that I cannot pronounce. You can give us a call and let us know your thoughts on the subject. The subject today is odd phobias or ridiculous phobias that, uh, you know, scare you half to death, but other people might find a little silly. Um, just I'll go ahead and go first. That way uh, you guys don't feel so bad when uh, you go ahead and list yours. But uh, for me, I have a fear of chewing gum or, or I should I should rephrase that chewed chewing gum and it's aptly oh. named chiclophobia chicle and uh something about it the 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 texture uh, my kids are not allowed to have chewing gum when they're with me um I, something about it uh you know being stuck on the foot stuck in the hair um it will make me gag if i you know that scene in elf when uh um will ferrell is pulling the chewing gum off the bottom of the railing i i can't watch that it's and i know it's ridiculous and jesse teases me all the time but uh it is something i just can't do how about that scene in uh, bill and ted's excellent adventure where they have to uh, all the historical figures are chewing gum and oh. slapping it on a bigger oh. ball to glue the uh <laughs> antenna, the back, antenna back oh did that bother you yes greatly and needless to say you will not be visiting the uh, gum wall in seattle no 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 yeah. that that would be uh like a day in hell for me gotcha well i didn't know that i've known you uh over 24 years i, didn't, I never knew that yeah we'll chew on that tony <laughs> i'm gonna have to <laughs> 
And uh, Tony and I, we know that uh, our friend Adam has a fear of sharing dairy products, which is very strange. Sharing uh, dairy, yeah. huh? Yeah. Sharing yeah. dairy, yeah. Don't know why. Don't even know what it's called or if I, it even I, has a name. But uh, I throw it over to you guys, Tony, Ryan. Are there any strange phobias that you have that other people just don't understand? I was thinking about it. I, it was hard-pressed to come up with something, but I just thought of something. It's it's going to an event and being underdressed. I like, you know, I like to, uh, I like to be dapper. Dressed, I, I like to dress. Co- yeah, and, and I've heard uh, someone say to me one time, like, a guy feels good if he goes to an event and sees another guy dressed like him. He's like, okay, I did the right thing, and a girl is pissed if she sees another girl dressed like her. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, if I'm like in a t-shirt and shorts and everyone is just dressed to the nines and I show up somewhere, I just, I don't know. I feel very uncomfortable. Well, and there's nothing really wrong with that. The only thing I would say is, you know, you don't want to go overboard. You don't want to wear a tuxedo to a backyard barbecue. <laughs> True. True. Or to a job interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless it has tails because you're guaranteed to get the job at that point. What about you, Tone? Any uh, phobias on your end? Yeah, so I don't really... I'm going to share one that's a weird one to me. It's not me personally, because I'm like Ryan. I had a hard time thinking of this. The only real big like phobia where I actually legit get freaked out and like my stomach or the adrenaline goes and my stomach drops is if I encounter a snake. I freaking hate snakes. That's just not my thing. I don't like them. don't want to be near them. That's just kind of my thing. I know that's a normal one, so that's not a... A weird fear, but... Well, you and Indiana uh, Jones. Yes. We hate snakes. Um, This girl I dated, she had a fear. Like, she legit freaked out and took her to a Rockies game when the balloons, they go up in the air. Like, just when the balloons are free, like they're going towards the sky, it freaked her out. Like, literally, like, it gave her the heebie-jeebies. I didn't understand it. I still don't. And I'm not making fun. Um, if she's listening, I don't think she is, but if she was, I'm not making fun of it, but it just, to me, I didn't understand it. It was just the thought of the balloon going into the unknown freaked her out. Huh. And she said it bugged her as a kid. So I would share that story for this topic. Cause that's something you just don't hear about. So, and I, you know, I would assume that people have fear of balloons, like the latex and the sound and the feel that's one thing, but just the thought of it going up into the atmosphere, that's odd. That yeah. Is, yeah. She had like a full on fear of balloons in general. Cause it was not only that, but it was funny. We were at a birthday party and she was just, you can tell she was cringing cause this kid was just playing with the balloon and she was afraid it was going to pop. So she was afraid of that, but the whole flying in the air thing. I don't <laughs> know. And I wonder if most of these can relate back to some sort of childhood trauma, you know, that, uh, these fears become unreasonable as you become an adult, but for most mm-hmm. people, they, they wouldn't think twice about it. But folks, we are getting ready to open the phone lines to you. Again, that number is 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. Give us a call right now. Let us know your odd phobias that uh, other people just don't understand, and we will be back with your calls as we turn it over to you. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. 
That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. I love it when the announcer's timing lines up with what we're doing. We do want you to call right now, 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Wednesday, June 24th, and we are on our call-in topic of odd phobias that other people just don't understand. Uh, Before the break, we were talking about uh, my fear of chewed gum. Can't explain it. Don't know why. Uh, Ryan and I were talking about how uh, movies can be a trigger for some phobias. Uh, I do have a fear of spiders, and I can probably trace that back to arachnophobia. Same. Not not yeah. the actual yeah. phobia, but the movie with John Goodman and who else was in there? It's, pro- Jeff it's probably Daniels. it's probably good. Dude. I'm going to drop another rando for being a big movie guy. I've actually never seen it, so I know of it. And the so funny, maybe that's why I'm not afraid of spiders, probably because I never watched it. And I've gone back and watched it within the last, I don't know, five, six years. And it, it's a good movie. It holds up. It's got some funny moments in it. But uh, I think I just watched it when I was too young. And, and sure enough, it uh, triggered that fear of spiders. Yeah, it was like me with dolls, too. Watching Child's Play at such a young oh, age. Yeah. Doll, <laughs> like, there's just certain types of dolls that just creep me out. Still, I'm like, Ugh, I don't like that. I don't like it. Well, and, yeah. and movies are really the precipice for people's fear of clowns because for the longest yeah. time, you know, you had Bozo the Clown and, you know, all of these clowns in pop culture that were not scary. And then you have, uh, you know, series like It or Killer Clowns from Outer Space and things like that that uh, really started freaking people out. And uh, now clowns are a universally scary creature, person. I, I don't know how to classify yeah. it, but... Uh, don't like clowns. Don't find them funny. Don't like them at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not, there's certain nope. there's certain types, but it's it's mostly like the kind of the subdued clown, you know, just little touches, not the full on yeah, not the full stuff. No, right. <laughs> like Patch Adams, you know, little patch yeah, okay. Adams. Okay. Little little patches, cool. Yeah, I'm down with that. That's about it. <laughs> but, folks, we want to hear about your phobias. What scares you? 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. You know, don't be, don't be afraid to chime in. Maybe you do have a fear of phones. Okay, we can understand that. But, um, you know, we, we want to know what, uh, what gets you going. I've pulled up a list of some of the otter phobias while we're waiting for callers to call in. This first one, probably the most adoria, adorable phobia. Adoria. Adorable phobia that's out there. It's lutrophobia, fear of otters. Oh, and otters are so cute. They, they hold hands yeah. at night so they don't drift apart. Do they really? Yeah. Look up that's a picture. Cool. It's one of the cutest things <laughs> you've ever seen. And actually, that's a good segue into the next one, which is chirophobia, which is fear of hands. <laughs> well, um, yeah, if you have both of those, don't look up otters holding hands. <laughs> now, uh, I wonder what uh, carny, would it be carny chirophobia, fear of uh, carny hands? Because they're small very and small, smell like cabbage. Very, very small hands smell like cabbage. <laughs> oh. Carny phobia has got to be a thing. Those dudes are scary. Yes. Maybe it's just tweakophobia. Well, and the I I don't know the last time you guys went to a you know county fair, state fair, whatever it is, but when you talk to them, they're all um, Eastern European, like former uh, you know Iron Curtain country uh, folks that uh, you know 
they, you know, obviously they're, they're making a, a living and doing the best that they can, but, uh, you know, there's always something a little scary, like, a, you know, a little hostile, uh, you know, the movie Hostile. They've seen things. They have seen things. Yeah. You can see, you know, when you see someone's eyes and you, like, you can tell they've seen things. They've seen things. They've seen, <laughs> they've seen things. And I, by things, I mean things. Things. Not just things. Some Thanks. of them may have may have escaped uh, Chernobyl, so they've got like a third arm growing out of their back, or who knows. Man, I I saw I was I had a Russian friend, and I saw him and this Chechenian guy kind of square off one time, and that was scary watching the Russian and the Chechenian kind of have this. He's like, I'm Russian. He's like, I'm Chechenian. I was like, what's happening? I'm what's scared. the difference? I'm Californian, <laughs> and I'm scared. <laughs> They're intense. They are intense people. Very. But for good reason, obviously. But, uh, folks, again, we're talking phobias, maybe odd phobias that other people find uh, slightly odd that you have. Again, give us a call right now, 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. You're also welcome to chime in on our Facebook uh, video right now in case uh, maybe you are afraid of the phones but uh, not the keyboard. So uh, you can go ahead and chime in there. This next one is one that Tony started talking about. It's called globophobia, which is actually a fear of balloons. So uh, dated a girl, Tony, that uh, had that sort of issue, and uh, now you know what the name is. Globophobia. 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 I'm sorry, you have globophobia, and the balloons are going to fly away. It's just the way it goes. <laughs> oh, I just had a fun thought. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger inhaling helium. <laughs> well, I'll have, I'll have to, I think I actually should try to get a helium balloon one time and try it. Oh. I, I don't know I, if I, know. I could mimic that, but uh, I know, I the mean, th- but the thought made me uh, chuckle inside. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, chopper. Handle the chopper. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Well, I'm here like to pop you up. It, it look, looks like the CIA has got you pushing too many pencils. I don't know. I don't know. It is not the tuba. <laughs> there we go. That was that was. We're getting there. We're honing in. That well, one's fitting. We're, we're trying. There you go. All right. Heard the squirrels. Heard the squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This next one is for people who uh, um, are angry or fearful of maybe somebody like Colin Kaepernick, but not for the reason that you think they have genophobia or genophobia, however you say it, and that is a fear of knees, whether it's their own or somebody. Uh, doing the act of kneeling. Hmm. That's different. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder what would trigger that fear. Probably smoking a joint. (laughs) 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 Here's one that is so fitting for the phobia that it actually needs a scroll bar in order to make it work. And let's see if I can get this out. Hippopotamonstrosisquipedaliaphobia. Can you guys guess what that fear is? Fear of hippopotamus. Hippopotami. I don't know. I don't know. What no, is it? It's actually fear of long words. Which itself like- is. Which is like... That's like putting the letter S in lisp. Yeah. Yeah. Lisp. Lisp. <laughs> Ooh, hopefully not many people. 
hopefully not many people have this one, aplutophobia, fear of washing, bathing, or cleaning. Mm. Also known mm. as Comic Con weekend. No, I'm just. Joking. <laughs> um, no, that's that is true. <laughs> or or weekend camping. Uh, how about this one? Uh, this is for nice little callback to what we were talking about before. Maybe somebody is afraid of uh, Courtney Cox or Little Kim. It's puppophobia, fear of puppets. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's strange to me that that would be an actual phobia. You know, most puppets are pretty cute and adorable, but uh, I, it's it's probably like the freaking like the creepy ones, like Howdy Doody, the dummies. Some of the yeah, the dummies and the ventriloquist stuff. Like those ones are creepy. Those are creepy. The dummies are creepy. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, know the sock puppets. Like, those lamb are cute, chop. like lamb chop sing along, or like how we talked about yesterday, Ducky when you got it from Pizza Hut and the little puppet. Right. Thing. Yeah, those were those were cute. Yeah, yeah. Here's one that I think we all have just a little bit of. It's nomophobia, and we're not talking about the baseball player. This is fear of being without a phone. Without a oh. phone. Yeah. And yeah, I don't yeah, think I can about see it. that being real. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but you know, I usually have my phone in my left pocket, and uh, if I leave it somewhere, if I put it down somewhere, and I'll stand up and just brush my pocket. If it's not there, I'll have that little moment of anxiety, like, "Oh my God, where'd I leave it?" And then you know, kind of reality check and go back to normal. Yeah, I think it's probably getting worse and worse too as you get younger. <laughs> You're yeah. because you know you've completely grown up with that as like an extension of yourself for, for some kids, you know, I think some kids are allowed to get smartphones way too young, yes. but oh, you know, dude, that's, that's the, yeah, that's the, uh, get off my lawn in me, I guess. <laughs> Here's one that's a little akin to my fear. It's called arachabutyrophobia, arachabutyrophobia. Wow. That's a long one. That's the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. Hmm. I could see that, you know, where people would have an is- issue with that. Yeah. Well, if you're going to eat it, at least it tastes good. It's stuck <laughs> up there. Yeah. I just, uh, if I get any peanut butter on my the roof of my mouth, I just have to rinse it out in, in a jiff. Ooh. <laughs> Boom. Good pun. Good pun. All right. Here's one that I know uh, Tony has, or at least had, pentherophobia. Fear of mothers-in-law. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> I guess I... <laughs> and then finally... As that we... no-good son of a bitch will never make you a good husband. He plays video games, does a radio show, and he listens to Metallica. He's a loser. <laughs> And here's a fear as we head into the break that uh, I hope I never run into in the wild. It's pagonophobia, fear of beards. If that's the case, I'm in trouble. But, uh, (laughs) folks, we are headed into our break. When we come back, we have a special guest for you all. So don't go anywhere. We'll see you in a few.
shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. And welcome back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Wednesday, June 24th. As I mentioned a couple times each show, we have set up something called the Phoenix Line. It's a 24-hour a day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line for you guys to call in about any topic. You know, maybe you're tuning into a replay of our show and you want to uh, chime in on our odd phobias that we were just talking about as our call-in topic. You can do that. Head over to, uh, nope. Pick up the phone and dial 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. Any topic, just check in. Tell us how you're doing. Tell us if we're wrong about something. That happens. Keep it entertaining. We will put all of those together and put them out in a future show. Now, as I mentioned before the break, we have a very special guest today. And, uh, you know, I would like to introduce our guest. He's here to give us the latest update in the world of America's favorite gas station jerky. Please welcome former WWE wrestler, back from the grave, and Slim Jim spokesperson, Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. Hi, Christian. Hi, Ryan. How are you, fellas? Uh Yeah. Always good. Wow. It's good to be back from the dead. Thanks, brother. But I'm uh, sad to say that Slim Jim has dropped me like the hoaxer's leg on my chest during WrestleMania 5. Yeah, that punk beat me. Yeah, he did. And Elizabeth left me. It was a little hard times back then. Uh, But it turns out that I have more hormones and fillers in me than cows that that they use for the jerky. Yeah. So if you're not here to promote Slim Jims, what are you here to promote? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that, brother. I'm sticking with uh, what I know, and I've been picked up by Louisville Vegan Jerky Company. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, did you say vegan jerky? Oh, yeah, I did, Christian. These bold-flavored bovines come in a huge variety of mad slamming tastes, only fit for the king of the macho man. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you know what vegan means, right? Like, try this flavor on for size, brother. Smoke flick. Pepper, how delicious the flavor of dried cow meat is. Oh, I love when that maple bacon hits the flavor of the macho man. Ooh, it gets me excited. Yeah, more better than Slim Jim. Dig it? Yeah, but (laughs) vegan jerky isn't made with... uh, uh... Not without other amazing flavors worthy of a flying elbow. Buffalo dill leaves me licking my fingers for the wings from the buffalo they were ripped from. Yeah, like when I took Ricky the Dragon steamboat and I pulled them dragon wings down at WrestleMania 3, brother. Yeah! But, but, Ah. But vegan, you know, vegan is... Or the perfect pepperoni flavor, Christian, puts a headlock on the pig that sacrificed his life for the delicious turkey. Like when I took on Yokozuna on Monday Night Raw 93, yeah! And I took him, and he crushed my friend Crush in the chest very hard, yeah! But Randy, you know... Yeah, I know they even need a flavor for the likes of the macho man Randy Savage, like the man-man! Ooh, yeah! It's so hardcore that it's made of a real man! Randy, Randy, Randy. Yeah, brother. Uh, what I'm trying to tell you is that that can't be possible. Vegan means that it's not made with any animal products whatsoever. Oh, no. Snowbee? Nope. Orc? Uh-uh. Chicken? Nope. Bats? No, no meat. At- Wait, did you say bats? Yeah, I've been dead for nine years, brother. How do you think that happened? Uh, 
I figured heart attack, steroid overdose, maybe brain aneurysm. Just call me patient zero, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, folks, uh, this definitely took a turn for the worse. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, we've got to go, but thank you for whatever this was. What do I care? I'm dead, and this Louisville vegan jerky is even tasty. Even if it's not man-made made from real man, try the maple bacon sesame gochi jang. Hulk Hogan, I'm coming for you. I'm back. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Dig it. Snap into it. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, folks. Thanks for having me. That, that was Randy uh, Macho Man Savage. I, th- I think he's a little confused, but nine years in the grave, you know, that, that'll do that to, to a person. So, uh, folks, when we come back, we've got This Day in History with Ryan Wink. You certainly won't want to miss it. We'll see you guys on the other side. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now, back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Wednesday, June 24th. Now, if you missed a portion of the show, maybe you missed our special interview with the uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Had a lot of fun with that one. It's easy enough to do so by heading over to americamatters.us. Click on the shows and podcasts link. Scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. There you can find video, you can find audio, and uh, you can also head over to your favorite podcast platform. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, OneNine, TuneIn, iHeart, Deezer, Doozer, Dozer, Gozer. I'm going to have a soundbite for that one of these days. But uh, while you are there, be sure to subscribe so you always get the latest episode. Leave a review. Tell us what you think. And as always, tell your friends because, Tony, sharing is caring. It is. It is caring. Speaking of caring, we care for you guys. We, we want to let you walk into the day as informed as possible, which is why we have our daily segment that uh, drops a little knowledge on you. Hopefully, we keep you entertained at the same time. And it is This Day in History with Ryan Wink. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with your correspondent on the beat, Ryan Wink. That's right, folks. We have reached the end of the show, sadly, but that does mean it is time for This Day in History, where I look back in time and relay what happened on this day. So let's jump into it. On this day in 1509, one of my favorite dudes that keeps coming up, Henry VIII, is crowned... Turkey leg guy. (laughs) Turkey leg. Turkey leg. He liked to behead. 1509, King Henry VIII is crowned in Westminster Abbey. Now, I was looking it up. I was trying to see how he died. I was wondering if he got his head chopped off, but uh, <laughs> turned out he died of natural causes. My guess and, would be uh, a heart attack. All those turkey legs. All those turkey legs. I don't even he know ever, if that's uh, the, the right Henry, but... <laughs> yeah, he was Whenever a real lady killer. Yeah, he was a real lady killer. He was a real lady killer, yep, yep. <laughs> nice heads off i mean hats off you, that one. <laughs> uh 
Um, I don't know about you guys. Whenever I go to like a street fair or anything like that and they have the turkey legs, I, I get one. Do you? Do you ever go to Renaissance fairs where, uh, you know, it's just commonplace to walk around with a giant turkey leg? I haven't been since I was a kid. I would actually love to go. I had I remember having such a great time with the huzzas and the yay and the huzzas. Huzzas. <laughs> you should do like they canceled it this year, Ryan, because of the coronavirus. But because of that, um, next year, if you get a chance, you should head to Larkspur, Colorado. It's uh, it's about a forty-five minutes south of Denver, and they do uh, the Renaissance Festival every year. And it's really cool. They do jousting. Um, they have uh, Knights of the Round. Like they actually have people all full on dress, big legs. It's totally cool. My favorite was yeah. always hanging out at the uh, blacksmith area, watching them make swords and chain mail, and yeah, oh, that was always that, so much fun. That's a lifestyle. Like there's Fire certain. And I, I had a friend. He traveled with the Renaissance Fair for a while. It is a total lifestyle. And I assume they, they can make in, pretty good money too. They what? I would assume they make pretty good money. A blacksmith, you say? <laughs> it might good mom making swords. More now than in the Middle Ages, that's for sure. <laughs> Definitely. I, I work for cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to eat? I've made boiled cabbage. <laughs> Little cabbage. And that was a fancy meal. <laughs> oh, it's better than yesterday. We had stones. We had stone soup. <laughs> I, I was like that's like how all the um peasants talk in the old oh yeah right that's that's not what i say or make your day i'll pay a tuesday for a tomorrow today <laughs> i will i will <laughs> all right they all Moving sounded on. like dick van dyke from mary poppins right yeah. yes okay okay listen here governor <laughs> right oh I'll buy right, you. Who? I'll buy you fifty twinning. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's a currency. Anyways, moving on. On this day in fifteen forty, another Henry the Eighth. Uh, little piece of history. English King Henry the Eighth commands his fourth wife, Anne of Cleves, to leave the court. Now, apparently, he was married to Anne of Cleves. She was the queen from sixth of January, fifteen forty to the 9th of July, 1540. So all of uh, about seven months, she was the fourth wife of King Henry VIII. After their marriage was annulled, she became known as the king's beloved sister. <laughs> Ooh, that's creepy. And, and she, yeah, it is a little creepy. I used to uh, sleep uh, with my sister. That would be a what? bad time to chime in. Like, that would be the worst time for a viewer to come in. <laughs> yes. <on> that joke. <laughs> And you know, Chris doesn't have a sister, so yeah. we're all right. And uh, you know, the sibling rivalry ends there, all through the head, mate. Um, and uh, she actually she lived uh, to see the coronation of Queen Mary the First. So outliving, she outlived all of Henry's other wives. So she didn't get her head chopped off. I'm not sure if he chopped off many of his wives' heads. I was trying to find that little bit of information uh, on this last break, but. Uh, I'm sure this isn't the last. I'm sure this isn't the last time that his name will come up. So, no, he uh, pops up a lot. Yeah. A, I think there's a lot of interest in this man. Um, anyways, on this day in 1894, 
the decision to hold modern Olympics every four years was made and cast down into the to bellow and echo throughout the hallways of history, henceforth and forevermore. <laughs> um, are, but are, apparently, are, it's not happening this year, right? I don't think it is. Now, do you guys enjoy the Olympics? Or is that one of those I, things where it's, you know, every two years, because they alternate between the summer and the winter Olympics, that it just occupies TV space? I'm more summer than winter, but I, I enjoy it. You know, I like to catch certain events. I always like watching the 100-meter dash. Like, I want to see Usain Bolt just break his record, look back, just clown on everyone. So there's certain events that I like to catch, for sure. Uh, track and field is is definitely um, one of the sports I like to watch. I like winter yeah. for the more obscure sports, like curling. Who's curling the first person who decided, okay, we're going to throw a stone and we're going to take brooms and brush in front of it to try and get it into a designated space? Scots. <laughs> well, yeah. Yes, Scott. I'm sure a lot of alcohol was involved in that decision. Scots. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it at that. Or uh, what's the other one? Uh, uh, not the Irish. Not not the biathlon, but the one where they cross country ski with a rifle on their back and then oh, shoot yeah. targets and then cross country ski some more. Like there's, there's a lot of weird. There's a lot of weird events in the uh, in the whole world of the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. What's the I mean, the pole vaulting is pretty amazing, too. That, Watching those looks so scary. And you ever watch it in slow motion? It almost defies gravity, just those poles bending and then flicking the people over. and It's impressive. Yeah, it's very Ooh. impressive. I want to watch pole vaulting fails after we get oh, off. Oh, of... <laughs> you do not want to watch pole vaulting fails. <laughs> you do not? No, no. <laughs> it's a slippery slope, Ryan. Yep. Trust me. Yep. That, Careful. The other fails you don't want to watch are uh, javelin fails and uh, shot put fails. Ooh. Just saying. Oh, yeah. I love. You know, another thing I love to watch is World's Strongest Man. <laughs> World's Strongest Man. Uh-huh. Magnus Ver Magnuson. I always loved watching those back in the day. And I still do sometimes. I'll pull up a YouTube. <laughs> well, ESPN right now is ripe for uh, Ocho level sports. So uh... <laughs> the Ocho, the Ocho. <laughs> All right, right guys. <laughs> let's move on. On this day in 1901, the shoe salesman Chuck Taylor was born in Indiana. While playing basketball in high school, Taylor began wearing the Converse All Star shoe introduced in 1917. Now, I believe they've gone to sell over, I mean, they said $500 million somewhere, but I think that may have been an old statistic because I feel like they've had to have sold more than $500 million at this point. Oh, I, I, right. It must be billions. Uh, such a classic shoe. Uh, zero support whatsoever, but... Uh... <laughs> I know. I think about that. No, they had added the, you know, the little patch on the side. That was an oh. ankle support patch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To give you that extra layer of support. Yeah. So we've got the patch on the side. See, it's for ankle support. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be standing for hours on end in uh, Chuck Taylor All-Stars. No. no. I own several pairs. I love them. They're just cla they're classic. They I are. Feel like they look good. You could dress them up, dress them down. There's a lot of people who customize them. Yep, for sure. I think you could do that online. Yeah. Absolutely. 
You can do anything online. I, I, I definitely can do want. anything online. Ooh, that might be a good topic of Ooh. odd things you can do online. <laughs> Slippery slope. Yep. And talking, talking dark web type stuff there. All right, guys. This one, this is crazy. I did not know this, and I, I want to know more, but I have literally one line on it. On this day in 1938, a 500-ton meteorite lands near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 500-ton meteorite. Wow. That's 100,000 pounds. And that didn't cause any damage or destroy a city or a town? Like I said, I want to do more research on this because I have one line. And, uh, yeah, that's just crazy. It mu- Does it say I mean, when it did that? Like I know 1938. Wow. 1938. So obviously not mass population or suburbs or anything at that time. But, geez, like something like that hits. Could you imagine something like that hits the ocean? That's a, oh, that's a tidal wave. That's, that's a tidal that's, wave waiting to happen. That's just scary stuff. Right? Jeez! Did they find? Yeah, a, I did. Did they find a baby in there? Name him Clark Kent. <laughs> hey, that was that joke was Superman. Ah, <laughs> that was that the best one of the day. Was Superman that one? Uh, where are we at? I don't know. Where are oh. you at? Well, I, I was waiting for the drums, man. <laughs> oh, I did it. It must yeah, not have I, gone through. I, I looked up that meteorite for you. Oh, so please. obviously today it fell in the vicinity of Chicora, Pennsylvania, named the Chicora meteor. The 450 tone—it's—they it's, put tone. I should say tone. <laughs> well, meteor. That's the, I didn't flip with that. I read English, it. That's the old English spelling. Oh, gotcha! It fell, uh, exploded 12 miles above the Earth's surface. Only two fragments of the meteorite were found. Initial investigations say the meteor was a uh, hyperthin. Cordonite. Okay, that's it. It didn't say if it damaged anything, nothing. It just said 500-ton 500 500 ton asteroid just near Pittsburgh. That's it. Come Must on. have not killed anyone then. Yeah. <laughs> Must have still, not. Still <laughs> scary as hell, though. Oh, totally. All right, guys. Well, moving on um, to uh, this actually ties in on some space history here. Space-ish. 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 Uh, on this day in 1947, Kenneth Arnold reported the first known sighting of UFOs flying over Washington and seeing nine luminous disks in the form of saucers. Coincidentally, this is also the day when the U.S. Air Force released its report in 1997, closing the investigations of the so-called Roswell incident, which concluded that the alien bodies witnesses reported seeing in 1947 were actually life-sized crash test dummies sure yeah 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 <laughs> they put the quotes they put the quotes the quotes in the wrong place right <laughs> Cl- they put closing the investigation <laughs> they should have said we're actually life-sized crash test dummies well and it's funny now because now the government's coming out and declassifying a lot of those things showing signs of ufos again we don't know if they're alien or you know things that we're testing but it's to think that there's not other intelligent life form even more intelligent life forms out there in this vast universe uh is 
irresponsible because it's irresponsible. Yeah. Yeah. The the numbers just add up. It's egocentric. Yeah. Yeah, and Bill and Billy's got stories for days on him and so yeah, you know does. they're good. And his stories are great. Absolutely. I and one of his albums he has his dad uh, a sample of his dad talking about one of those experiences. You should go check out Bushwalla. Go check out his music. Um, I think it might be that there's an album cover. It might even have UFOs or something on it. But uh, yeah, they are de- they are de- declassifying a lot of stuff. It's kind of like what they're doing with schools right now during this time. Declassifying. Oh, <laughs> I'll give it to you. Hey, the end of the day. Pun pun all day long. Let's keep it 1980s. Let's keep it Billy Joel. On, the, on this, actually, no. Let's Speaking keep it 1990s, of Muppets, on this on this day in 1992, Billy Joel gets an honorary diploma from Hicksville High School <laughs> at 43. Hicksville High School. So I guess I'm guessing he was a, call, a high school dropout. Yeah, is uh, what I would deduce from this. But you know, just goes to show when you're the piano man. You don't need no stinking diploma. By the way, I've never had to actually show my diploma. I just say, yep, I have one. <laughs> <laughs> and it also goes to show that uh, if you're the piano man, it doesn't matter what you look like. Even if you look like a toad that was halfway run over, you can get the most beautiful women in the world. Talent, man. Yeah. Talent. And money. Yeah. Talent and money and fame goes, goes a long way. Attractive qualities. Say, yep. <laughs> All right, we got about a minute 40 left, so uh, maybe time for one more This Day in History and a couple holidays as well. All right, on this day in uh, 1992, Mafia boss John Gotti begins life sentence in jail for murder and other crimes. So, And is he still alive, or did he end up in a Chicago he, overcoat? He's in a. He ended up in a Chicago overcoat. I believe he just died of uh, natural causes in uh, in prison. He wasn't the most healthy guy, that's for sure. You know, a lot of gravy, a lot of gravy, <laughs> so much gravy. So All right, much. and with with a minute left, uh, any uh, interesting holidays for today? Um, yeah, let's dive into the rest of our day with uh, swim a lap day. Ooh, easy just in to, time. It is summer. Let's go swim a lap. Easy to do when all the pools are closed. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that was the only weird holiday I had, but there was a real long tennis match that happened on this day, or it started, or maybe it ended. This uh, The game <laughs> between John Isner and Nicholas Mahout, it was uh, 11 hours, 5 minutes of play over 3 days. Wow. Well, unlike yesterday's show, this wasn't the world's longest uh, episode of the Christian Phoenix radio show. We had a lot of fun today. Folks, join us tomorrow. It will be Thursday, considering today's Wednesday, and hopefully we will see you then. Have a great day, everybody.